Hi, everybody, and welcome to our little uh, Zoomcast. And thank you for registering. And uh, I'd like to welcome people from uh, around the world. Uh, Lena, thanks for joining us. Steve, Trish, Marie, oh, many others. Uh, Tony, uh, David uh, from England. And I know you're all around the world, so welcome. And uh, we want to spend the next hour and helping you and certainly uh, reflecting on the amazing achievements of a couple of the clients who I coach, a couple of photographers, Jen and Jim, on reaching 100 photography sessions booked in advance. This is truly amazing. Welcome, Jen and Jim. Hi. Howdy. And Jen and Jim, where are you? Tell us what city in the world you're in. We're in Lockhart, Texas. We're about half an hour south of Austin and about an hour outside of San Antonio. And I believe Lockhart is famous for something. <laughs> We're known as the barbecue capital of Texas. So about 250,000 people a year come here just to eat the barbecue at various places, restaurants. Okay, and, and Lockhart is a fairly small town, isn't it? I, think, I don't think there's much of a population. 12,500 is the current population. Wow, and 250,000 people come there for the barbecue. That is amazing. And have you ever had the barbecue? <laughs> Just a few times. A few times, yes. Whenever we have visitors from out of town, we eat the barbecue. <laughs> of course. And that's fantastic. And I can't wait to, to get to Lockhart. So we're just going to look at a little bit of the history of your studio. And then we're going to dig deep into the reasons you've had so much success uh, with having 100 uh, photography sessions booked in advance. And I know within, I know within my coaching that uh, it's only a few months ago that I was uh, setting a goal for my clients to have 20 sessions booked in advance and you've just blown all that out of the water you've five five times that so that's that's amazing we're pretty excited yeah <laughs> you're still in shock you told me yesterday yeah that's true too so what i want to go through with and as you know with my coaching program we go through the five steps to freedom I think the exciting thing with uh, you two, with your journey with me, with the coaching, is you're not even at the step five, which is freedom. We're only on step four. Mm -hmm. So we still have a lot of work to do, right? And as we know, the next step will be where we really have your business turning over consistently and you can make the decision of whether you sell it, step out of it, franchise it, license it, do whatever you want with it, right? Right. So that's the next step we're working towards. Mm -hmm. You've got two kids, right? Yes. We have yeah, two kids at home and one fully launched, who's a, a doctor in the army. So my stepdaughter uh, is 29, so she's, she's you know paying her own cell phone bills and things yeah like i like the way you said launched no, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's off on her own journey right <laughs> these two are at home they're in junior high okay so. fantastic and so as uh, those listening to us now can understand uh, photography business you have to be many things in any small business as well as the photography editing, retouching, accounting, financial planning, marketing, admin, advertising, social media, phone call person, plus all the other things in life like kids that can get in the way. So we want to delve a little bit into that with you about how you uh, get this work-life balance and whether you have got it or not. Mm -hmm. So do you want us to answer whether or not we have a work-life balance I'm right just now? wondering whether you do have a good work-life balance or whether you don't even think about it. Or whether you just work all the time. It seems like it sometimes. Yeah, we, we're we taking one weekend off a month. Mm -hmm. uh, no question, absolutely, one weekend off a month. And we take the kids, we do something fun. So next month, we're going to the beach with friends. Our friends, their friends, we're renting a condo for the weekend. Then we're also taking another Sunday off. So uh, we're, we are working a lot. 
and we're working a lot of weekends, but this is after a couple of years of under earning and struggling. So I would say we're happy to be working and figuring out our systems and yeah, yeah. ironed out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so your studio, it isn't the big red building. No, it's the white two-story building in the middle. So it's <laughs> it's the smaller business uh, building, and uh, you bought this a uh, few years ago. We bought it in 2016, and we opened in 2017. Okay, so very recent. Yeah, very recent. At the time, we were really uh, still doing weddings. That was our main focus. And then, you know, slowly over time, we transitioned into doing the portraits instead of the weddings. Yeah, I think most uh, photographers listening to this would have done the odd wedding or two or started there. A lot of uh, photographers that you know do purely commercial started with weddings. And so you were a little bit different, I suppose, in the fact you did high-end weddings. Tell us a little bit about that. You, you, got, you only did six, around 16 weddings a year, but very high-end, $12,000. And I'm guessing that was album and the whole the whole thing. We actually sold albums on top of the average. So a few years ago, when mm -hmm. we were doing one, we started doing the in-person sales for albums and that really brought in more income. But um, yeah, we, we focused on high-end weddings. We were in with high-end wedding planners. We were on the recommended vendor list at the Four Seasons Hotel in Austin. And you know, we had grown that business. I had started it in 2003. So we had really, it didn't start out that way, but we had grown it over the years to be, to specialize in high-end weddings in Austin was our, our area. So I'm a little bit curious the, why you bought a building then for a studio if you were doing weddings. At the time we'd moved to Lockhart, um, we moved out of Austin and we knew that we could work within an hour from Austin with the weddings and we started getting into doing the album sales, like Jen said, after, and we realized there was a market for that. And that's what we initially got the building for was so that we could present to our clients and do album presentations and sales on that. That's fantastic. And by the way, for all those who are listening and hi, George from Derby in the UK um, and anyone listening in the UK, we feel very, uh, we feel for you as photographers because we know you're closed down. And um, if you want any questions, just ask in the chat box and we'll try and answer them as we go along. Um, so feel free to use the chat box. And by the way, just to let you know, we are recording this and each of you will receive a link um, to the recording. And I'm going to send some other little goodies along uh, just to... Uh, just to thank you for uh, registering for this uh, little Zoomcast that we're doing. So you did weddings, high-end. You say your album was on top of your average. We, what was your biggest album sale? What was your biggest sale to one client? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, how much was that? About 24,000 was the largest album sale after a wedding. Okay, so you, you, you reached a pretty high level in what you were doing. Yeah, so though sometimes people would not upgrade their albums. So just like in portraits, you know, you had people that were happy to get sort of the, the minimum or the smaller amount. And then some people who just really valued and treasured the images and really wanted, you know, a beautiful album. But of course, 16 uh, uh, weddings a year times 12 isn't much anyway, is it? That's around 200,000. So not a great turnover for the amount of effort. Yeah, we thought it was great at the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was, well, of course, you don't know what you don't know. And yeah, you, you live the high life in, in five-star uh, hotels and five-star people. Yeah. When you transitioned, when you moved along a little bit and you started then to go into high-end portraits with a studio, it was natural that you should go high-end rather than just middle of the road. What were your thoughts about that? When we started out? 
Yeah. We're used to dealing on the high end with the wedding. So we tried going in high end on the portraits as well, um, which we were charging. We weren't afraid of charging higher prices. We just weren't getting the clientele yeah. that was at the time. And so we this, this had been going on for a while because I know when I saw your price list, one of the things you had in your price list was a $25,000 portrait album. Yes. Okay, so you, you had some high-end clients, but you didn't do many of them because you averaged around about $6,000 a portrait, but you only did around 30, 33 a year. Yeah, I mean, it, it was we would look at each month and see an empty month ahead and try to, you know, brainstorm how, how are we going to get clients in the door? What, what do we do? You know? Yeah. It, it was a struggle. The interesting thing when I do the numbers is that that turnover for portraits was the same turnover that you're getting for weddings. Yeah. Which was about Without the album sales. Yeah. 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 So well, it's kind of a. So you're yeah. targeting high-end clients, and when you started coaching with me, I sort of, besides falling off my chair when I saw the price list, which was the highest portrait price list I'd ever seen in my life, when I recovered, um, we made some decisions to go in a slightly different direction, um, and and not to try and get that very tiny high-end market, but to go more to the general marketplace with our offerings. And so yeah. that's the journey that we've shared since June last year. Yeah, that was, that was a hard adjustment for me to make mentally, but wow, has it yeah. worked well. Yeah, very hard to, uh, to take it down. You know, if you're up here, it's very hard to, when someone says, well, you, you're too expensive and you say, but that's the sort of clients we want. And I say, well, how are you doing? And you say, well, we're doing 30 sessions a year. You go, well, not so well. So things have to change. So there's this little video I got you to do and it's only very short. So let's just listen to this about how your studio was. To our studio, the first thing that you see is the courthouse, which is a really beautiful architectural feature of our town. And then you see our studio, and then this is the front door. And then you come in, and right now, this is our shooting space that we're going to be changing into the reception area. So you can see that's kind of cluttered and messy. Um, a little sad to say goodbye to this space just because we've made some, some really um, lovely memories here. But it's going to look so much better when we're done. Then you come into our hallway. And you'll see right now, we have a photo essay um, that I had published in Marie Claire Magazine early on in my photojournalism career that features um, teenage birth moms who are bravely making adoption plans for their babies. And so it's been really meaningful to have this work displayed um, in the hallway, but I'm ready to have our new work shown so that people can really get a sense for what it is we have to offer. How long have those photographs been on the wall? They had been on the wall since 2017. The first thing that you see since is Since 2017. Yeah. yeah, that's a long time, hey? Yeah, way overdue. <laughs> Sorry, let me just move. So you walked into the shop and there's the studio, bang. People walk by, take pictures during sessions, peer in the window. Yeah. <laughs> Family and friends outside with a iPhones taking photos of the session. Yeah. Yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal. Not ideal. It was very messy. And uh, if we look at this other very short video. Room, I wanna... Next, we bring clients back to what I call the blue room. Um, in the blue room, we have pinky or velvet sofa and we always have some snacks available um, in case anyone's hungry and we have a wall that has portraits on it here kind of a modular design 
uh, console here. This is where we used to do our screenings and our reveals with the screen. And then over here, we have some color work. They're actually mixed media um, paintings that, um, that we had made. So this is our blue room. It's actually gonna become our shooting space. We're going to have a ceiling rail system in here in our backdrop. And it's gonna be um, more consistent light for us. And I'm really excited about transforming this room into our actual um, photography session space. So that's great. And on reflection, seeing that video, what are your thoughts? You're, you're embarrassed, aren't you? <laughs> um, a little. I, I really, it's funny because it was my favorite room. But seeing how it is now, yes. Yeah, it just works so much better as a photography space. It's so much more private. It's nice and dark for the client. It's just, it's better all around now. And okay. it, yeah. yeah, so it was like this. There's a shop front, people came in, there was light streaming in the window. You had to put a scrim up there of some description or a reflector or something to stop the light coming in. It was difficult yeah. to balance the light. It was really messy and basically not good. It wasn't very professional, let's face it. And you had that hallway of meaningless photographs because there weren't products you were going to sell. But, it, you know, you started somewhere, right? And the sales room was very dark and dingy. And although you had Pinky the couch there, I think it was a little bit, um, hmm, a little, a little bit like someone's basement that you see in a movie where there's a murder committed. Um, but it... It uh, it served its purpose, right? <laughs> it did look better in person, but yeah. It did look better in person, yeah, because you called it the blue room, but this looks like the black room. <laughs> so you also had a couple of other rooms. You've got a little, your office there, um, and you've got a storeroom. Um, yes. What's in that storeroom or what isn't in the storeroom? It's been completely cleaned out. It's now our client's changing room. And now the office has become, it's still our office, but um, we've updated it so that it could be an IPS reveal room. Okay, so that's fantastic. And um, are there some negatives in there? Were you keeping negatives or files? What were you actually keeping in the storage room? We had negatives, we had- Files going back. Old wedding albums. Right. Like old samples. Uh, we shredded 105 pounds of paper. So are you storing them now, the local tip, are you? <laughs> this is embarrassing. Like, this part is embarrassing. Yeah. Okay, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, when we reflect and how quickly. So this is only uh, two months ago where you renovated, right? So we're looking at this year, in fact. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... My suggestion was you do a bit of a flip, that you put the studio at the back and that you make this front room into a beautiful reception, which you have, and it certainly smells expensive. I can smell it from here. Um, you've done a fantastic job and you must be very proud of it. Yeah, we feel really excited. We're also grateful to you for giving us all the concepts because I just would have kept going. You know, it just didn't occur to me to flip the rooms, so. So your version of a concept is my version of kicking you up the bum. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> good ideas. Idea. Yeah, get it done. And uh, it looks fantastic. I, ooh, it looks very expensive. And so one of these is your storeroom. So on the left was the storeroom with all the wedding albums and negatives and all the, that's it. So now that's the client changing room. Wow. And the right is our office. Okay. What a transformation. Yeah. What a transformation. It looks fantastic. And the, the hallway now, you know, now we've got products hanging in that hallway that you actually sell. Yes. Yeah. Everything that's on there is something we actually sell. 
And this is now your studio in the back room or the blue room, and uh, you've got the track uh, lighting for your lights. Yep, we installed a railing yes. system. Much easier. So we can move the lights around. There's no light stands to trip over, no sandbags needed. And certainly looks a lot more professional. You've decided to keep it dark as well. Yeah, yes. for now. The black studio, but you may turn the it white. No, it's a lot, we're, with everything doing black and white right now, it's easier still to control the lighting compared to what we had up front. So. Oh yeah, it'd be beautiful with no other lights except the lights that you want. You've got yeah. nothing bouncing off anything. Yeah. So with your work, this is a style of work you do, uh, very classical, beautiful, um, just beautiful, timeless portraits, really. We're, you know, we're all black and white, so, and all kinds of families and dogs and, you know, different genres, sometimes like athletes right now. Yeah, and a couple of weeks ago, you were on the TV. Just tell us about that project that you did in your marketing. So, um, we've been doing a, I don't know whether to call it a fundraising campaign, yeah. And a book project to raise $5,000 for a nonprofit called Kinetic Kids that helps uh, children with disabilities be able to play sports. So it's like adaptive cheerleading and gymnastics and swimming and all kinds of sports. And um, so we, we released a, we did a press release and Austin Fox 7 News came out and did a story about the project and came to our studio and filmed and did a little interview with us and with um, Matthew here in the picture who came for a portrait. Right, and that was on what, the news, the? Yeah, the local news, so for Austin. So Austin, Fox News 7. At the five o'clock news and the nine o'clock, they aired it and two times and put it on their website with a link. Yeah, well, that that's fantastic and um... Certainly a charity book project is certainly part of the marketing strategies that I sort of implement into photographers' uh, marketing. Um, and I, I love the black and white photograph on the left. Um, whose creative idea was that? So that was a collaboration. Um, the, the mom is the owner of a local dance school. So she brought the tutu and the ballet and she wanted to do both sports in the portrait. So we were able to do that with her. And now we've done it with a number of kids, three sports, four sports. It sort of started a, yeah. Yeah, a That's demand, I guess, a, for. Such a timeless portrait. Thank you. I think it's, it's fantastic. Thanks, people have really responded to that one. Yeah. So we just, uh, you know, the whole purpose of this was to uh, celebrate with you your 100 plus uh, photography sessions booked and paid for in advance. Tell us, uh, Jim, you put this spreadsheet together. Tell us, t tell us about it. Uh, walk us through the journey from it. We look at the bottom, October 2019. Yes. Um which you can see how we've had the increases um, during the holidays. That was usually something we look forward to <clears throat> with the Thanksgiving, Christmas timeframes, but the, it was not very predictable and we were kind of scrambling, trying to get clientele in. Um, once we decided we were just going to go with the portrait studio. And then when we uh, COVID hit too, right there just before we when we were starting with you that would and be march may may yeah may that were the where you see the three sessions yeah april you see is missing so we yeah. had exactly. yeah COVID. so yeah once we started with you and we started changed our um procedure on that with our advertising and doing some of the things that you recommended that's when we started seeing more clients coming to the door and it's just kind of increased as we've gone. And so we get up to this point of um, we're at the end of March. So you already have in your calendar 
um, more than this now. I think this is a week or so old. So we've got uh, March, you've got 42 sessions. Uh, let's go to April because March is just about over. But in April, you've got 48 bookings, May 30 and June 20 and July 2. So that's, that's over, uh, over 100 bookings in advance. Yeah. Yes. And we'll just clarify that uh, a little bit uh, better, if we can. Um, if I can just go to this slide, which I've gone too far. If we go to this slide, this still breaks it out a little bit differently with the averages. Um, so we can see in 2019, uh, you weren't doing many sales. You were high average, though. And then 2020, which we've got to remember was a pandemic year, you know. Um, you started, when I started coaching in June, we started to see a great growth. As someone said to me yesterday, a vertical growth. Mm -hmm. like a rocket ship taking off, right? <laughs> but the good thing was, along with the number of sessions, along with the volume, the average sale also held steady as well. So that's the important thing. Sometimes we get a lot of volume, but our average sales go down. Yeah. So you've been able to hold on to that. And... Yeah. Yeah, we have been hanging, hanging in mm -hmm. just over 2,000 for a while now. Yeah, so now we're in 2021 um, and we're still going and going even better. Um, yeah. I want to ask you a couple of questions uh, and we'll go into the processes in a minute of how you achieve those numbers and talk about your marketing. But I just want to throw these quick questions out to you. Uh, just those photographers may be interested or listening or, or just want to know. What cameras do you use? We use a Nikon D850 and D750. And yeah, D750 is our backup. Yep. Okay. So, what's your studio lighting? Uh, Go Godox. Mm -hmm. So, it's a Godox setup, yeah? Yeah. Um, Manfrotto railing system. Railing system. Okay, well, Manfrotto rail system. What's your favorite lens? What lens do you use all the time? The one that you suggested I use, <laughs> which used to be my least favorite lens, a 24 to 70. Okay, rather than the yeah. 70 to 200. I was using the 70 to 200 and you suggested I didn't yeah. really need to do that anymore. So. Yeah, so you use that and, and uh, ISO, Aperture, what do you normally shoot at? Uh, like 400 F13 at 160th, something like that. So you're around about 13, whatever, 16, yeah. So just mid-range stuff, let's call that, right? And when you shoot a session normally, how many photographs do you take? I would say three. Too many. Too many. <laughs> That's something we need to work on. 300 to 400. Mm -hmm. And we deliver usually, it depends on how many different groupings, how many people come, but around 60 on average, we show the client. Okay. And how long does a session take normally? 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. 30, 45. Mm -hmm. So not long. No. Not too long. Mm -hmm. So what's your highest portrait sales so far? Can you remember? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 25,000. Okay. Oh. Mm -hmm. no, did it, uh, that's your, your highest so far? Highest so far. Was that before, was that with your old pricing or your new pricing? Your old it pricing. Was and it was a client that looked at a session we had done at two, in 2008 and in 2018. So... They ended up buying albums from both. Right. Those and two sets of family, so it was a lot of duplicated yeah. items. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're used to having high sales, right? How far do people travel? Most people are coming from I would say thirty to yeah, about an hour miles. away. Yeah. 
Okay. So do you have a, a big town close? We have Austin, what, 30 minutes away, and we have San Antonio uh, about an hour away. Okay, so you've got big cities close. Yeah, clients from both. And then all the kind of small towns in between. Because they like the barbecue. They like, <laughs> yeah. Especially what, what, what social media do you do? Do you use Instagram, Facebook, uh, anything else, Pinterest, or do you just focus on Facebook? Do a lot of advertising on Facebook. Um, we post on Instagram, not as often as we should. We're, we're poor social media posters. So you don't, you don't see too much there. Do you photograph raw or JPEG? Raw. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so if you shoot raw, what briefly what's your process uh, with your files, uh, culling them and, and that you outsource it, right? Yeah, we outsource So We have an editor that we've worked with since 2012. So I send her a catalog of all the files and then she sends me back a color corrected set. And then out of those, I pick the very best ones and we touch those up. So does she cull them? She does the initial cull. Okay. And then I do the second call. It's kind of a, an iterative, way too complex process, yeah. but yeah. that's how we've worked for a long time. So Bernie's famous Facebook ad, uh, is that your main marketing strategy besides Bernie's famous charity book project? Those are our two main strategies, but mm -hmm. you know, as you advise, um, it's always smart and important to have multiple referral sources. So you know, we're always exploring other ones as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And what about sales? Just tell us a little bit about the sales. You say you've got a new sales room or you had an old sales room. Were you, were you doing sales? Have you changed that? What's your process? We do not do sales. We have a salesperson doing the sales on Zoom. And um, she started doing those with us in July. Before that, we did the sales ourselves not on the same day. Okay, so now you outsource um, your sales sessions. Uh, someone does them via Zoom. Yes, and we just, we focus on volume, like doing a lot of portraits, and then we're able to increase our volume that way, and then she takes care of the sales. Most of our clients come in on the weekends. Um, it's harder to get them during the week, so we fill up our time with the portrait sessions on the weekend, and then our salesperson will do sales during the week at various times, depending on the clients. And on the weekends. And on weekends as well, while we're shooting. Yeah, I've been fascinated by seeing your success with Zoom because I never thought it would have worked, but COVID has forced many industries to do things a little more innovatively, and certainly Zoom sales sessions has been one of the, those things um, that maybe in the future will be a normal uh, portrait photographer's uh, business model. Yeah, I think, you know, I think because we are a destination studio, most of our clients don't live in right in the area. Right. It's convenient for them to do Zoom. And so I think that it's probably going to stay that way for us for a while. Okay, so as a photographer, my fear is that people don't show up for the Zoom session and they're at home and maybe the dog's barking, the kids are crying, yeah. dad's drunk, I don't know. Do you have any problems with that? Occasionally there are some weird uh, things that happen, but it's, it's, I would say it's the exception. Most mm -hmm. people are excited. Yeah. They get reminders. They have uh, an automatic email on how to prepare for the Zoom. Yeah. They get into the literature on how to prepare for the Zoom, they're usually pretty excited and curious, you know, to see what, what we've created. Especially after they've taken the time to come here and have the portraits. Right. That's excellent. Uh, so you don't have any major, major problems with that? No, our, um, our one, you know, we have some phone people, but they schedule the reveal at the same time they book the session. So those two appointments are booked at the same time and the reminders start going out. 
the auto reminders. Right, and of course, when you get to this sort of volume, um, you've got to have some sort of business practices in place to make everything pretty smooth, right? Otherwise, it could totally get out of, out of control big time. Yeah, and we're still honing and refining our systems, so we're constantly looking for ways to improve. Okay, we'll just keep going uh, on with the uh, the questions then. Um, how many days a week do you work? Do you have time off? For shoots, we're doing, we finally started being able to book some Fridays. So we're filling up three Fridays. Fridays and Sundays are usually pretty busy. With one weekend off and one Sunday off a month. Okay. May will take two weekends off, so oh. sometimes it varies. So you live quite a good work-life balance. Well, you're kind of asking the wrong person because I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I, I love to work. <laughs> so, so on those other days, it's marketing there. or doing other things that And certainly a pleasure to go to work in such a beautiful facility that you have now. You, yes, we're really lucky. And our studio is three blocks from where we live. So oh, great. And how much money do you spend on average in a week on Facebook ads? You may be running two or three at the same time. Uh, how much money? What's the spend? We spent, I would say, uh, two to three thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what percent? Uh, Booking rate does your phone person get? Obviously, your Facebook ads get your leads. What percent of those leads are converted into clients? So last week it was 20% out of all the leads, and out of the ones that booked consults and showed, it was like 39.7% booking rate. Right. So it's a very high rate. Yeah, lately it's been very high. Yeah, that's fantastic. Is it mainly because of the project, the genre, the, the elite athletes charity project, or? I think it's the project, it's the genre. More people are saying that they've seen some of the work and they they want something like that. So I think, you know, one benefit to having volume is you're, you, more people know about you and they know your work and they're looking at your work. So we, we get a number of them that are referring other, their friends to, or passing on the information that we hear yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. So you do run two or three ads at the same time? Have you ever run more than that? Or you've got enough leads? Right now we're running two. And I would say two, we've been doing two for a while. Mm -hmm. Just two. Three, but usually no more than three. So what have you worked out it costs per lead? I know you're the numbers man, Jim. Uh, what, <laughs> <laughs> what does it cost you per lead on Facebook? Uh, what we're getting a dollar you know about a dollar per lead right now very inexpensive then mm -hmm. yeah that's fantastic isn't it um a dollar a lead is is very low so what do you think your total acquisition cost is per booking we have our um sales staff when they it's a hundred dollars per booking that they get and then the advertising costs on top. So it's about a what, 130, somewhere in there. So the cost to actually book a client is around about 130, uh, which includes the phone call person to do the follow-up uh, calls uh, and uh, the costs for Facebook. Yes. So that's, it may seem a high acquisition cost, but in my experience, acquisition cost is normally around 80 to 130. Um, so you're probably at the higher end there. There's some good, like your leads don't cost much. Mm -hmm. Actually, actually your, your cost, Jim, probably per booking is less than 30. It's probably, if you did your numbers again, it would probably be, I think, a little bit less than that. Yeah, it could be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you must have all this, all this product coming in. You've got your wall art and who does all that wrapping, packing, checking, 
phoning the clients, getting them to pick it up. Who does that? The we have <laughs> we just got somebody to start doing some of the sale on the the back end as far as the ordering oh. and that clients when the art comes in to set up appointments for them. Um, when the artwork comes in, I'll open it up, make sure everything looks good. We'll mark it and then package it. And the larger pieces, we ask the clients to come to the studio to pick up their artwork so that we can show it to them and make sure it's packaged properly. The smaller items, because of the distance away, um, some of the clients are, like Jen said, an hour, an hour and a half away. We just drop ship those items. Right. So it seems to be in your business, you're doing less and less. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, you're, you're getting very quickly to the point where all you need is employ a photographer and then you can go traveling around the world when we can. <laughs> I, I really like feeling like part of a team. You know, I like that. So I love, you know, having our editor. I love our sales phone yeah. team. And I, you know, I, having someone to help with the orders is massive because that was a big stressor between us. And so it, it, it may not be the best model for everyone, but it's been, it's been good for us so far. Okay. Now, um, we know you've got this building and above that building is an apartment, right? Yes. So when we first opened, it was an Airbnb. And so we were, we were slow in the studio. So we had plenty of time to turn over the laundry and, you know, make sure the place was clean and do the welcome basket and order all the things that you need to do. But now that we're, well, COVID hit and one of our guests wanted to stay and rent the apartment month to month. So she stayed. And that was a huge help because at that same time, we, you know, we we're starting to kind of grow and build. Yeah. Now we're so busy we we don't really want to do the airbnb anymore it doesn't make sense and she and our tenants moving out so we're looking to expand and maybe do some baby portraiture up there that we can do during the week since right now the weekends are pretty well booked and we're looking to have something that we can actually do during the week yeah so the idea is, and my thought, my idea, and what I think would work very well for you is converting that into a, a totally newborn studio. So it would be a dedicated newborn studio. And as you say, you could get your clients during the week and, and have a, a beautiful space and it would integrate well um, into your business uh, as well. Yeah, that's the that's in the works so so you haven't stopped yet you're not happy with 100 plus bookings are you you want a few more yeah we do oh. <laughs> well that's great um via the chat if anyone's got any questions that'd be great but as i said to everyone we have recorded this and um i'll be sending you the link soon um, there may be some photographers out there, Jan and Jim, that uh, are thinking of going on the journey, uh, that have started the business, uh, thinking of opening a studio this year or getting back to the studio this year and really giving it a big crack at super success like yourselves. What advice would you give to people? Hire Bernie. <laughs> Not the answer I expected, but besides, besides, besides that, you must have learned a lot in the last uh, six to nine months about business. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, we had everything ready to go, but what we didn't have was clients coming in the door. So I think focusing on marketing and how to market mm -hmm. is probably the most important job that we just didn't know how to do. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely prioritize marketing from the get-go. And we also have some pretty good systems in place now that we didn't have before. Like we use monday.com to track all of our clients and our work. Okay. We use ActiveCampaign. Right. So we have some integrated software systems that help us 
keep automate, track keep track. At. We would never have been able to keep up with our old system with the number of clients we have coming through here and getting orders fulfilled. So it's helped us a lot on that end. I think the other thing, you know, when we hear about other photographers' successes, um, we sort of tend to forget that they started somewhere as well. It didn't happen overnight. And that's why I like to include part of the journey. It's about a journey and you go on a journey just like I did. You know, my yeah. 40 plus years of uh, owning a photography studio, it started somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, our, our journey included not, you know, not earning enough, coming up short wow. for months, trying to figure out how to make ends meet, not being able to take vacations. Not knowing how to bring people in. Not knowing how to bring people in. And, you know, for a long time, my dream was to have eight clients a month come in the door. I thought we could just get eight, you know. The eight a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should I answer the chat? I see that Tony's asking if the 100 bookings came from Facebook ads. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, they did. Um, we've, we've got uh, an ad right now for mothers and children and then also for athletes for our book project. Uh, you know, there are some organic leads that have come in that have booked as well, but I would say that's a tiny percentage, like Maybe of the hundred, three or four, just off the website. Yeah, and the the, the thing is that um, this is a thrust is Facebook ads, and we had a group meeting this morning speaking specifically on this with my clients. And if you haven't got Facebook ads working for you, work hard at getting them to work. You know, we see a lot of photographers on forums maybe that saying that it's failing, it's not working. You have to make it work. And yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had ones that have gotten very few leads or leads but zero bookings. So it's not always a smash hit. No, but when they do work. But when they work, they're phenomenal. And we keep them running. And we and keep them, yeah, we run them for a long time if they're working. And I always liken Facebook to wrestling an octopus, you know, or as, as the, the expression like herding cats into a wheelbarrow. It's not easy and it's always, it's always changing Facebook. So it's always this um, uh, testing, measuring, trying things this way, that way, new photo, new scripts, new ways of generating the leads, new genres and so on. And it certainly worked for you. And that's the point. You don't know unless you get out there and start doing some Facebook advertising. Your lead at a dollar a lead, that's so cheap. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and you, you've taught us to look at it. Like if it's not working, change something. Yeah. You know, kind of don't mm -hmm. stop. Keep kind of adjusting yeah. it. And we got item focus the... Uh... Oh, we, we, yeah, we also have enough clients now that we can kind of target a lookalike audience. Mm -hmm. right. that's what too. That was something we didn't have before with so few clients. So that's seemed to help as well. Yeah. So you're able to import a minimum of a hundred emails into that of your better clients and then uh, create a lookalike audience with a Facebook pixel. And Facebook, with all its millions and trillions and gazillions uh, little algorithms, go searching, knocking on doors, saying, excuse me, are you interested in having some photographs taken? <laughs> Have you yeah. got one to 2,000 to spare? Oh, thank you. Okay. And then you get the lead, right? Something like that. So that's... <laughs> That's uh, it's just the fantastic way it works. Yeah. Um, you've only just begun, obviously, this journey, uh, this new journey uh, started uh, June last year. Uh, there's so much that we want to, um, or I want to help you with and, and create. And in the meantime, of course, you're planning uh, a big gathering in Texas uh, for myself and my clients. 
um, to experience this amazing barbecue that, of what you speak. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like there's going to be an apartment available upstairs over the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I will claim that for myself. Yeah. And, uh, but you say in your, your part of town, there's a lot of uh, mansions being converted into Airbnbs. So we might um, claim one of those and uh, do a, a big group get-together three-day barbecue fest convention. Yeah, I love it. Slash photography education. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is kind of a segue, but I also, you know, the way that you've helped us adjust our price list, I feel like now it's not inexpensive, but there's so much value we can bring to so many different kinds of families now where there's something for them. Yeah. And that just feels really good. Like before there would be people that our prices were so high that they just, sometimes there's just nothing they could get. Yeah. Um, and so now I just, I feel like the value that we bring to the people that come in the door, it's, it's so much higher. Yeah. And I, I love that about this experience too. Yes. And uh, your photography, you know, is amazing. And the pieces that they do get um, obviously will be with them for more than a lifetime and probably generations because that's the way it goes. And we could talk more about your business model, about how we've thrown canvases out the door, matted prints and things like that, how we're trying to revolutionize the industry, simplify what we do, build a business model that's scalable to attain that freedom that we all seek in our own businesses. We could talk on that. Maybe we do that another time, uh, Jan and Jim, but uh, thanks for your time. I know it's valuable. And um, for all those photographers that also took the time, I yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And good, and good luck. Yes. It's, it's and wild. We, and we hope that if the least we've given you some inspiration to go out there and do something amazing, then uh, this last hour has been well and truly worth it for myself. So expect a recording of this soon. And uh, thanks again for attending. And Jen and Jim, you rock. <laughs> Thank you. Can't wait to Take see care. you in Texas soon. We'll see you. <laughs>